0: Hey, you're listening to the C3 Network podcast with Dan Holland. Our mission is to create a network of micro churches that are finding, teaching, and equipping people to be on mission. Our hope is that this encourages you. Be sure to leave us a review so you can help us share our message with more people who need to hear it. And now, Dan Holland, welcome. We're continuing our series called Live the Life. And that's the goal, right? Not simply just to read the book or to hear a preacher, but to live the life. Now each week, we've covered a lot of ground. This week, I wanted to slow us down for a bit and I wanted to ask you some questions. This is thinking time. Let's push pause, if you would, and look at a scripture that we've seen but maybe we've missed. In fact, for those of you who've never memorized a scripture, that's all about to change. By the end of today, you will know a verse of scripture. Now please take the time to find something to write on because you're gonna wanna take some notes for later this week to remember some of these passages we're gonna be coming across. You remember these? These sort of pictures when you looked at them and all of a sudden there's this 3D image that would pop off the page at you. I think the proper name is, they were called stereograms or, or magic eye. I remember looking at one of these in the mall, they used to have them in most of the malls and you'd have little kids and other people looking at the picture and saying cool, can you see it? I wasn't getting it. I would cross my eyes, and people would try to coach me on how to see the picture, and I just wasn't seeing it. But you ever did? You ever see finally see what they wanted you to see? Wouldn't that exciting? And when that happens, you try to coach everybody else. Hey, come here! Look at this. This is really something, and you're so passionate about it. And maybe maybe they're not getting it. Well, that's sometimes how the Bible is. You know, people read the Word of God. And maybe there's times where you've read the Word of God, maybe there's a passage you've read a dozen times, but then suddenly, pow, wow, you get it and you have an insight. Well, this happened to me years ago with this passage that I'm going to share with you today, and I hope that that same thing happens to you today. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. We looked at this last time, but he says this, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You ever read something and you felt like, what, really? I mean, is Paul crazy? Always? Everything? Always giving thanks for everything? That just feels impossible. I mean, maybe it's a nice idea to shoot for, but that is not possible, is it? Now you think about this. Get your mind around this big idea. God created you with the capacity to be thankful always no matter what. I received an email from a man after I taught on this very passage years ago, but the subject line read, Be thankful in all things. And he wrote in part, Dan, I know the Bible says that I should be thankful in all things. I think that I'm a very thankful person. I know that I'm merely a mist that appears for a little while and that God is almighty and I'm not supposed to question him. That being said, what kind of person would be thankful for tragedy that befalls them? He then shared that his son who committed suicide, uh, he asked, how could I be thankful for that? That's what he asked me. And he went on to say he's learned to accept his son's suicide, that maybe there was a purpose behind it he doesn't fully understand. But he ended up asking, please help me understand this. Be thankful in all things that the Bible teaches. I so want to be. You know, it's not easy, but I'll say it again. I believe God created you, me, all of us with the capacity to be thankful always, no matter what. What is capacity? Well, capacity means that it can be, it's possible. Think about an acorn. Inside of an acorn, everything you need is there for a tree, a big tree. I mean, they can live up to 800 years and grow up to 70 feet tall, and in fact, some cases, taller. Needs the right ingredients, though. Dirt, sun, water. It's the same with us, though. God has put inside us all that we need, to do what He asks us to do. You know, He wouldn't ask us to do what He cannot help us do. But maybe you say, you don't have a reference point for my life. You don't understand the hurt and the pain that I'm in or that I've been through. Or or maybe you just flat out say, this is just not true. There are circumstances in life that are horrific, yes. Evil, painful, some even incomprehensible circumstances. Perhaps, like me, whenever you read this, you're thinking about your circumstances. We ask, How do I give thanks given my circumstances? Let's talk about what's in the Bible about being thankful. You know, first, a thankful attitude is a sign that I am content, and contentment is a sign that I am loving God. Now, here's a thought. In regard to God, There is a practical test to know whenever I am, to know when I'm loving God. It's this, I am to love God enough to be contented. So do I love God enough to be content? This is something that's easy to understand. It's difficult to live. When I lack proper contentment, either I have forgotten that God is God or I have ceased to be submissive to him as God. Now, one of the tests to the, uh, to the extent to which I am loving God is this. A heart giving thanks at any moment is one of those real tests of the extent to which we love God at that very moment. You see, if the contentment goes and the giving of thanks goes, if I'm no longer thankful, then we're not loving God as we should in that moment. This inward area is the very first place where we lose true spirituality. The outward response is always just the result of it. This is why in the letter to the Ephesians, before Paul tells them how to live the life, he calls them to embrace the blessings of being in Christ. I have some questions. How content are you? See, if contentment is a choice to love God, then is discontentment also a matter of choice? So how thankful are you? Think about what your life would look like within your current circumstances of family, work, if you were to love God so much that you were able to give him thanks from your heart always. Now, there's some strong words to us from the Bible to remind us that this is God's own standard for Christians. Ephesians chapter 5, we read this in previous weeks, verse 3 and 4, this is what he says. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So the giving of thanks is the contrast to the whole black list in this verse. Thankfulness is the antidote for some of the sins that we struggle with. That's what he's saying here. Ephesians 5.20 is even stronger though, of course, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, or if you're reading the Revised Standard, for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how inclusive is everything or all things for which we are to give thanks? See, our neighbors across the street years ago, this is several years ago, Jose and Evelyn, their house burned completely down and yet they were able to give thanks, why? Because their lives were spared, the the lives of their pets were spared, These same all things that we talk about in Ephesians 5.20 are mentioned in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28. It just says, And we know that in all things, or in everything, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, this is not some sort of magic. The, The infinite, personal God promises that he will work all things, that is, everything together for the Christian's good. Now, I'd like for you to leave Romans chapter 8, verse 28 on the screen, and we're going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Now, as you're thinking about Romans chapter 8, verse 28, I want you to listen to these words, because sometimes it feels like, and we think that we have it so much worse than the Apostle Paul. We think, he has no idea what I've been through. What do we do, though, you see, when tragedy strikes and when life doesn't make sense? Is it possible to put these two things together? That is, being thankful to God in all things and tragedy of losing a son. Let's start with the fact that this is not what I'm saying. It's what God said. I believe God's word is true and I believe that God himself is faithful. Now here, we're told that if I am a true Christian, all things will work together for my good. It's not all things except sorrow or regret or unhappiness. Now that's, that's very important. As we see Romans 8, 28 on the screen, listen as I read what Paul wrote. Listen to this. He says, In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. You know, this is the guy that says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. You know, oftentimes life is hard. It's discouraging. Things don't always go the way that we expect them to go. And frankly, they didn't for Paul either. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm sharing this with you because it's so raw and real. Uh, Starting with verse 8, he said, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. In other words, they wanted to die. Indeed, he says, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. And then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. So God works in all things and God works all things together for the good of those who love him, and are called according to his purpose. The words all things in Romans 8:28 form a sort of lasso that you throw around all things, which include weaknesses, insults, tragedy, hardship, you name it, all of life. And in doing so, we show that we love God in that given moment. And when we don't, when we fail to be thankful, then in that moment, we're not loving God. See, we do honor to God in the finished work of Christ as we throw that last will around the whole. All things work together for good to those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. See, but to the extent to which we properly throw the term all things around everything, it carries with it also the all things that we read in Ephesians 5.20. And always giving thanks to God the Father for everything We cannot separate these two. The all things of Ephesians 5.20 is as wide and all-encompassing as the all things in Romans 8.28. It must be giving of thanks for all things. This is God's standard. Philippians deals with this also. Philippians 4.6, when he says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything or all things by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Do not be anxious here means do not be overcome by care or worry in anything, but rather through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Of course, this is a statement concerning prayer in contrast with worry, but at the same time, it carries with it that direct command to thank God during the prayer of everything. Or we can look at Colossians 2, 7, where he says, Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanks- thankfulness. You will notice this is linked to the sixth verse, just, just prior to that. It says, Just as you received Christ, Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Now, what does it mean to walk in Christ? It's to be rooted and built up and established in the faith. But the final note is about thanksgiving, and not just thankfulness, but overflowing thankfulness. You see, then we find in Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. There it is again. The two verses later, verse 17, he just says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And again in Colossians 4, 2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, give thanks in all circumstances or for all things, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Surely there's one thing that's clear as we looked at those passages. God says to us, in everything or all things, give thanks. Now I think we can see all of this in its proper perspective, if we just go to Romans chapter one verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but th- their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You see, this is the central point here. They were not thankful. Instead of giving thanks, their thankful, their thinking rather, became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. Now I want you to think about this. It's key to understanding ingratitude. The beginning of men's rebellion against God was and is the lack of a thankful heart. They didn't have proper thankful hearts. Seeing themselves as creatures before the creator and being bowed not only in their knees, but rather they were, instead of that, they were stubborn in their hearts. This rebellion is a deliberate refusal to be the creation before the creator, to the extent that they were thankful. We demand to have our way sometimes. We feel free to curse God's way. However, love of God must carry with it a thank you, not a superficial or official way like, hey, I know it's the right thing to say, but in being thankful and saying in the mind or with our voice, thank you, to God. We're in a spiritual battle. Surely it's God's right to put us as Christ followers where he judges best in the battle, right? What I'm suggesting is this, wherever God has placed you, say thank you. Paul said, for Christ's sake, I delight in. And he listed some hard things. So we can learn to say thank you as well. For Christ's sake, you see, for Christ's sake, when you realize your weaknesses, say thank you. Just imagine that you're Timothy, not having great confidence for what you have been asked to do. For Christ's sake, whenever you're insulted, you can say thank you. Imagine that you're like Christ, having insults hurled at you, each each one of them false. But for Christ's sake, Whenever you find yourself in hardship, you can say thank you because you trust God. For Christ's sake, when you are persecuted, say thank you. Imagine that you're Stephen being persecuted for what you preach and how you live. Now, in the middle of that persecution, what will you say to God? Thank you. For Christ's sake, when you are in difficult circumstances, say thank you. Just imagine that you're Job who asked a penetrating question. Shall we accept good from God and not hardship? You see, saying thank you is an indicator that you are content where he has you. And your contentment says to God, I love you. This is why the scripture teaches in Romans 8:37, In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Or 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Or how about Ephesians 1 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out all things, everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Philippians chapter 2 verse 14, do all things or everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Now those passages make it clear that whatever God has you in, you can and should say, thank you, thank you. But when we choose discontentment and contentment leaves the house, thankfulness is close behind because thankfulness only comes from contentment and contentment only comes from trusting and trust is based on loving God. To love God is to trust God. To trust God is to be content where he places me. And when I am content and I can always give thanks to God the Father for all things, for everything but only when I'm content. You see, in order to reach your full capacity, that's going to require that you set your hope in God and in Him alone. The most thankful people in the world are those who have been where you are and then God delivered them. They're thankful. I love 1 Chron- Chronicles sixteen thirty four. He says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. See, in the end, my job is to live up to my potential because God has given me the capacity to be thankful. How about we just declare this? I'm going to accept my circumstances. I'm going to adjust my attitude to trust God. The things I can change, I'm gonna change. The rest, I'm gonna leave in his hands. We have so much to be thankful for. Let me ask you some personal questions. You can answer them to yourself. Are you living life to your full potential? Are you using the capacity that God gave you to be thankful? Are you trusting in God enough that you're always thankful for everything? Now, I'm going to pray for you, but I would like for you to consider taking time to pray for and with one another in your group by name Out loud. It can be now or it can be later. But I would like for you to pray that the Lord would provide strength to them and pray for one another, that the Lord will provide strength for you to be a changed life for the sake of their husband or wife, their family, their friends, or their co workers. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this, this important truth that you have given each one of us the capacity to be thankful, right? now. And my prayer, Father, is that each one of us will live our lives, not just in this moment, but certainly in this moment, but for the rest of today and tomorrow, whatever time you've given us, I pray, Father, that you will help us to be thankful to you first and that that gratitude would spill over into the relationships that we have. I know, Father, that it is your will that we are thankful. And I pray that you will give us the strength and the insight to live that out. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, we post a new episode each week, so be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so you can help share our message. We'll see you next time.